1: Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernial and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernial. Well, thank you so much
2: for joining us today on Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron. We've got a great, great program for you, talking about representations and photos and how they can help portray the world of those living with dementia. We'll be talking with Joe Wallace in just a moment. But let me introduce Carol Zernial, our co-host. She's a nationally recognized gerontologist, named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging by Next Avenue the journalism arm of the public broadcasting system. She holds a master's degree in social gerontology and has been in the field of aging for over 30 years. Carol serves as executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation and senior vice president, social responsibility for WellMed medical management. And Carol, you have had personal family experience with family members who had dementia, who had Alzheimer's. And so as you think about how they are portrayed for others to see, what do you think we could do to do it better?
3: Well, you know, I'm so excited to have Joe Wallace talk with us today because so many times I wish there was a do-over button, right, with my mother who had Alzheimer's um, and passed several years ago, where I would be very deliberate in bringing in more of the positive, more of the fun you know, um, a, as opposed to getting, you know, wired down and mired down uh, in the difficulties uh, in those last stages of Alzheimer's when she was still at home. And so, uh, yeah, we we are there's there's a yin and a yang. And so I would love to to talk to Joe um, as a as a photographer. He sees the whole picture and can help us see the whole picture. Well,
2: let me introduce Joe Wallace. Uh, He's trained as a journalist has been a portrait photographer and storyteller for 20 years. And like many, Joe has a deeply personal connection with dementia. His maternal grandfather and his hero, Joe Jenkins, had Alzheimer's. His maternal grandmother, Elizabeth Ponder Baby, had vascular dementia. And in recent years, his mother, Barbara, has begun her journey with the disease as well. He was frustrated. Well, why don't we let him tell the story? So, Joe, what did you do? How did you take that frustration of how the world sees people with dementia and try to change that.
4: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure to be here and, and well, share some you. work with you. I, um, my, my grandfather, as you mentioned, had Alzheimer's. Um, about 15 years later, his wife had vascular dementia, and I was uh, – Challenge with my own stigma and my own stereotypes when I began that caregiving process. You know, I was terrified when the word dementia was mentioned. Uh, Alzheimer's, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how, if that was going to change my relationship with somebody that I cared so deeply for and had had a very long relationship with. And um, through... Caring for them along with my family over that 15-year period, I realized how wrong that that stereotype was and how I wanted to tell a more complete story. And I think based on my experience, I wanted to share experiences of others because I learned so much from so many other people along the way. I thought, wow, if I could come up with a way to share other people's story, hardship, and the wisdom that comes from adversity – that would be a really cool thing to do because after both my grandparents were gone, I felt like I learned so much from others. uh, And I wanted to share that. And what had you learned? Oh, geez, that could take up your whole show. Um, I I would say that um, people are way more interesting than you think. Um, I think uh, I would say that Alzheimer's uh, or other kinds of dementia are not uh, necessarily an old person's disease. I think the, if you if you close your eyes and you think about what Alzheimer's or dementia looks like, you might see on one end uh, saccharin, somebody singing to their grandmother through the window during COVID, and on the other end maybe uh, someone in a wheelchair, nonverbal and drooling. And I would say that those are bookends, and there's 99% of the experiences in between those, and I think interesting and worthy of your intention in, uh, attention, and that. It, each person that has dementia, it manifests differently. They uh, they handle it differently, and there's a beauty in that story. Um, I, you know, they're all different chronic illnesses, terminal illnesses, but um, there's so much to learn from how people handle that kind of adversity. I would say.
2: So. I'm going to come back to you in a moment, but I want to let folks know who may have just joined us here listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. We're talking with photographer Joe Wallace, who has set about to help change the face of dementia through his portrait book. And Joe, as you think about what you set out to do, uh, tell us how that worked and what kind of cooperation you got from families.
4: So um the the premise of the book is to use storytelling um as a means for connection and empathy and as a, an entry point to get people to share their story and I photograph people over a 7 year period age and people age ranging in age from 29 to 100 years old um I tried to show as many um uh social economic backgrounds, racial, sexual orientation, trying to show as much diversity as possible. Uh, And that accomplished a few things. One is that it made people feel like no one is immune, right? That might be scary um, that no one's immune, but it also is empowering because if we learn that, let's say, 55 million people worldwide have dementia, it's a cruel irony that so many of them feel uh, alone or invisible or defined by their diagnosis. But because there's so many of us that have a touch point that also empowers us to do so much better, even with a small amount of effort, it enables so many more positive outcomes.
3: Yeah, you know, and Joe, I think when I hear you talking, you remind me of of kind of what's changed over the course of my career way back when I started. You know, we didn't, the people with Alzheimer's were invisible. We didn't talk to them. We didn't ask them to tell us their story and, and really give them voice. And so, you know, getting both sides of the story, um, so that we're, we're, we're learning from the person that is living with the disease as well as that caregiver and, and, and finding out what works, what makes life still um, you know, because we're still alive while we're caregiving, while we're living with dementia, and what makes that, what's the positive side? People don't hear that, and we're just now realizing that that's been a huge hole.
4: I, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, you know, one of the things I did was, as I enter, I, I obviously the the book is a portraiture book. Um, each portrait of the subject with living with dementia is accompanied by a photograph of them when they were young, usually teenagers. It's a visual means to force people to reconcile that this is a whole person. You can't define them by their diagnosis or this particular moment in time. Um, And, you know, we we spent between 40 minutes and five hours together really digging into their experience living with a disease. And, you know, we asked a lot of hard questions. And I think over and over again what i learned was um that listening is a, a skill that's so important and and a, and a um a way to give someone a, a a tonic right to make them feel better but also uh, a way to give space to stories that have um, nuance and intrigue. And then we could all learn so much from if we paid a little bit more attention. So the, the idea is the book is uh, sharing other people's narratives. So other people do the same, right? So we grow the circle. If there's 50 stories in the book and then thousands of other people begin to share their stories, it's the sort of exponential effect to normalize um, uh, so many people living with disease. So we can all share, uh share and strengthen one another
3: yeah but sometimes you know the stories uh, of who the person was informs us about what's going on and that we may not understand an example i give you know my my mother was actually kicked out of a assisted living home because she (laughs) was going into the rooms at night but what they didn't know is that my mother was a nurse and she was the night supervisor and we think the family, we think that she was checking on everybody because that was what she did for years was go room to room and check on the patients and make sure everybody was okay. Uh, and instead, uh, you know, that got her booted out of the house. Uh, and so those stories can really help inform us about some behaviors that we may think are aberrant or disease-based when it's, it's really just, um, you know, they're bringing something from their past forward.
2: Share some of the stories from your book that might relate to what Carol just said.
4: Well, I was actually thinking about a story about my own grandma, my grandmother Bibi, She used to um, keep the newspaper. Her intellect was something that she really prided herself on, and she was, you know, discovered by the 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 staff to have hoarded, you know, massive stacks of newspapers under her bed. They called my mother and said, you know, we can't have this; it's fire hazard, and and you know, sort of trying to think pragmatically like it's a fire hazard we, we have to change this behavior and what we we found out was that my grandmother was losing her ability to remember facts and dates and history and when you sort of lovingly sat with her on the bed and you said you, you know do you need you know last Thursday's paper or how about you know three months ago on Tuesday was there something you know specific about that and what she what you found out was that she was terrified of losing her, um, her intellectual abilities and her memory and having the papers was her, her, um, you know, like a, a teddy bear uh, of comfort uh, to what, what she was afraid of most. So I, I, I guess Carol's story was ring rings a bell that, you know, it's a, it, it again shows why listening is, in, is important. You know, there may be a behavior that you don't understand, but if you dig in and get to know the person and spend a little time with them, you might understand the, the, the seed that's, uh, that's, you know, why that behavior is happening and what you, wow. how you can sort of redirect in a way that's compassionate, but also helpful. Hold that thought.
2: That's a wonderful story. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel, our co-host, and we're talking with photographer Joe Wallace about his book, Resilience in the Face of Dementia, a portrait book. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Well, thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We're delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a discussion of an issue, a problem, some accomplishments involved in caregiving with more than 60 million caregivers across this country, but most thinking they are the lone rangers. We try to bring you the latest information and help that can make that job easier and more manageable. Caregiver SOS On Air takes a look at trends across this country. We provide tips on how to be a better caregiver and, most importantly, where you can go for help. On Caregiver SOS On Air, we try to give you what you need to make that caregiving manageable and to provide you with the help that can make your life easier. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zernial and I are delighted to co-host this program, and we're thrilled you've joined us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air podcast available everywhere, brought to you by WellMed Charitable Foundation. Hello, friends. We're so pleased you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air, the award-winning podcast available wherever you get your podcast, and some of you may also be listening on the radio over the air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. Joe Wallace, photographer, is with us the day after yesterday, Resilience in the Face of Dementia, a picture book, and we're delighted to have Joe with us. Uh, Carol, I I want you to share a story about uh, your mother-in-law and your wedding, and and. How you dealt with what could have been a very awkward situation.
3: Well, you know, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were not going to come to the wedding. My my father-in-law said, no, we're not coming. It's going to be disruptive. We don't want to, you know, ruin your wedding day. I'm like, you can't ruin the wedding day. So just come. We'll make it work. And so... Uh, my mother-in-law. And with her dementia, she often had hallucinations. It may have been Lewy body uh, back in the day because she believed Queen Elizabeth was coming to visit. She thought she was married to Johnny Carson. And so when she got to the wedding and she saw the reception, the receiving line after the ceremony, um, she thought everyone was there for her. And so we had a chair kind of up on the stage there and people would greet us and then they would go and greet her and she would Pat, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to see me. And people didn't really understand that she literally thought they were coming to see her. Um, But it was just, you know, part of the reception. And so, Joe, you know, with some of the stories, I'm curious, sometimes people create a new reality when they have dementia, um, that may not be based in, in some of their stories, uh, but you just kind of having spent time with them and seeing the behaviors that they have, you can kind of go with that. Did you find some people that were very creative in what they told you when you were taking pictures?
4: I, I did. I had a, I had a gentleman who got up early and wanted to pack his lunch and sat waiting for the bus, um, in the hallway for a long time. And, um, the, the staff would help him Um, perceived that he was getting on the bus and then coming home from work and he could, you know, recreate these things that, you know, he was a a, a blue collar guy who had spent his whole life providing for his family. And that was his compass, you know, that was his compass heading, right? That was his purpose in life. It's something that he felt an enormous amount of pride in. And once they realized that's what was happening, that the staff tried to recreate a scenario where he could, he, cre- he could create that source of comfort and pride for himself. And I think that sort of underlying uh, understanding the underlying uh, reason for that was sort of helpful for, for, for them to, to, to keep him, you know, sort of happy and functioning.
2: And for folks who are listening, uh, paint a picture of the pictures that you have in the book uh, and the kind of settings that uh, you took them in.
4: So there, there's about 40 um, portraits and stories in the book. Um, people are aged range from 29 to 100 years old. And um, the portraits are very intimate and personal. I always interview the subject before we take the pictures. So I'm, I'm trying to show people's vulnerabilities because living with dementia is not easy. And that's the truth. But also uh, their hope and dignity and optimism. And honestly, their their strength to carry on living a life of purpose and um you know, to try to show that dignity and to never reinforce the stereotype of uh, despair. Um, so I was trying to show truth um and uh, yeah, so they're they're beautiful they' they're, uh, it's a wide range. I tried to show um, lots of different um races, ethnicities, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, sexual orientation. So people would look at the work either in the traveling exhibit or in the book, and they would see someone that looked like them that they related to or read something that they would um, relate to. So they dig in, right? That's what I, the goal is for people to see these people as individual and unique, not as this is what Alzheimer's looks like, or this is what Lewy body looks like, or this is what vascular dementia looks like, right? So everyone is individual. Everyone is different and worthy of your attention. And therefore the stories get read and consumed and people see them as, you know, individuals and humans and creative beings rather than their, their diagnosis. So,
3: but what's important, I think, for caregivers is so many times our caregivers get locked into that negative spiral, the disease, the, you know, just trying to get the shower and get them, you know, get them to eat something, um, that they they lose that, they forget about that. Or maybe they don't even think it, it's possible to, to have, you know, for things to be funny. You know, there, I can think of plenty of stories where my mom and I just, Laughed because she did something really, really funny, um, or we thought it was funny, uh, and so you know we 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 lose that light, we lose that well-rounded picture. It's like you know like with our doctors here in the medical group, if you only see frail seniors, and you don't see the ones that are out there, you don't even notice them because they're out just living their lives. So it, I, that's what I love about the pictures, and I think it's important for not just the general public, but for people, for caregivers to kind of see beyond their situation and see it from a different angle.
4: What was was, it
2: like? Go ahead, Joe.
4: I I just, I I completely agree with what Carol said and giving, trying to give a little distance so you can appreciate a a different perspective is really important. You know, the, the title of the book, um, the day after yesterday actually came from a moment of levity. I was interviewing um, a, a family. Uh, Larry Bales was the, the subject with Alzheimer's, and I was in a room with his wife and young kids. His kids were seven and twelve at the wow. time, and they were and they were talking about Larry and and dates and trying to manage calendars and you know sort of the 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 pace of life. And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's the day after yesterday." And they were like, "Dad, that's today," you know. And it was just this moment of but it was funny. They, they enjoyed being able to laugh at the circumstance rather than feel a sense of, you know, what they lost. Um, you know, that Larry struggles with, you know, dates, um, instead chose to find the optimism, which is that it was, you know, it was funny. And then they repeated it to each other often, which is why I brought it in as the, as the, you know, I plagiarized it, if you will, as the title of the <laughs> book, because I thought it was, it was a cool metaphor.
2: What kind of feedback are you getting now that, uh, the books available from not only the families in it, but folks who have seen it.
4: Um, for for people who have been on, you know, have had somebody who's who's had um, dementia, I get um, thank you, th- a lot of thank yous. I get a lot of sharing, which is the most complimentary that it's that it's working, right? That people feel a softening, and then that it's okay for them to share their journeys. You know, the good parts and and the hard parts. And from younger people who are maybe worried about somebody in their life in the future, they they I think they feel a sense of I wouldn't say optimism because that's a little too Pollyanna, but that it's going to be okay that there are a lot of resources that you're not alone, that there's a lot of uh, sharing uh, and and strength that can happen from sharing and knowing you're not alone. So it's it's been a pretty great reception, to be honest my my wish is that that people will sort of grow the circle right that people will see the book or the or the exhibit and they'll share their own story and that it just gets bigger from from that
2: tell us about the exhibit you mentioned a traveling exhibit
4: so um it's an exhibit um uh it's about 30 portraits and stories it's currently at the it's in two different places actually it's at it's currently at Mass General Hospital here in Boston and there's also an exhibit at the Nicolays and Art Museum in Casper Wyoming um, Mid-America Arts Alliance in Kansas City is representing the show and placing it at museums all over the country for a, a period of no, no less than five years. And then the, the Nicolaisen in Casper, Wyoming is the first. So that's, so that's great. Um, wow, that's I, wonderful.
3: Yeah, that, that's, I, I mean, I, I love the idea of um, having the traveling show so that there, there are people who are interested in the subject that will pick up the book. There are others that are going to a museum that will stumble upon the exhibit um, and be able to be exposed to the material.
4: Yeah, the the, the thing I would say is it's ne- it was never meant to be an art book. It, it, it's meant to be a you know a catalyst for conversation, right? So when the when the opening happened at the Nicolaisen, they did a collaboration with um, Dementia Care Wyoming. So people that were cared passionately about the subject had the opening at the museum, and now they 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 bringing in a larger audience to talk about the subject, right? So the the art or the storytelling is sort of the the catalyst to for a, a community outreach, which is awesome. That's what all I could have used for.
2: As a photographer, uh,
4: how did this affect you? The photography honestly was the easiest part of the project. Um, the vast majority of time that I spent was on building trust getting access and building relationships so people would share. Um, Working with people in various states of cognitive impairment was, um, you know, I wanted to be super respectful. Sometimes uh, people are early in their diagnosis, lights, backdrops, that kind of stuff is fine, but uh, that can be really distracting or, or anxiety producing in somebody who might be further along with their dementia. So I tried to, from a technical point of view, I tried to work quickly um, and efficiently and respectfully. So honestly the storytelling interviewing took uh, most of the time versus the photography.
3: Do you feel that the stigma is changing? Do you feel that there is a shift in the way that we are responding to people with dementia um, or, or, or is it too slow? If if it's there, I,
4: I I absolutely think that people are the perception is beginning to change. I think there's a lot more media coverage. I think um, in Massachusetts in particular, there is a, a lot. There's a big effort towards um, we call it dementia friendly Massachusetts and building awareness in and municipalities at a local level. Presentations uh, down to school age kids and sort of growing the the interest and paying attention uh, to this group, um, which I think is awesome.
2: And for folks who want to get a hold of your book, how do they do
4: that? So um, um, the, the day after yesterday is available at every major bookseller. It's, it's um, published by MIT Press, but it is distributed by Penguin Random House. So you can get, them at, get it at any bookshop um, or Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, that, that kind of retailer also, or you go to the Penguin Random uh, House website. But uh, the ordering mechanism is, is universal in any bookshop.
2: Got about 20 seconds left for those who haven't seen the book. What's the major impact you think it'll have on people?
4: I think that people living with dementia are incredibly courageous and that their um, being being present and functioning in society is, a, is an effort that's beyond your understanding and certainly worthy of your attention and respect. And these people have a lot to offer. Perfect.
2: Joe Wallace, thank you. Really appreciate you being here. And uh, I encourage folks to take a look and to get a hold of his book. For Carol Zernial, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zernial and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS
1: On Air.